0: I'd like to welcome to the Purple Pride from the class of 1995 and an alumni of Heuvelton Central School, Josh DeHaneke. While at Heuvelton, Josh graduated with a D1 full-ride scholarship, one of the first. He went on to play baseball for the James Madison University and then later transferred to another D1 school where he continued his baseball career, the University of Vermont. Josh also holds one of the 1,000-point records at Huvalton, where he racked up 1,601 points during that basketball career. Josh liked to reminisce a little bit about his fond memories while at Huvalton and the pride that he remembers that the community provided during that time. Well, I'd like to welcome from the class of 1995 from Hubleton Central School, Josh DeHaneke. Uh As I mentioned earlier in, in my prelude, uh, Josh was one of the first athletes to come out of Hubleton with a D1 scholarship playing baseball. Welcome, Josh. How are you tonight?
1: Good, Dave. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, no no problem. And Josh, um, just tell us a little bit of, I know you live in Pennsylvania, but our listeners, uh, Try to formulate in their mind you know uh,
1: the area of Pennsylvania that you live in, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I live just outside um, Allentown, Pennsylvania, We're about an hour north of Philadelphia, so we're located right in the Lehigh Valley, basically right in between Philadelphia and New york City.
0: okay, so you're kind of like in the middle where there's you know people would commute out of that area into New York City, um kind of like near you're close. I would have to say fairly close to the, uh, to a hot spot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of people who do live in this area and then they commute for work either into New York city or Northern, Northern Jersey. So uh, our area here in the Lehigh Valley has had quite a few cases that have come up here recently. Um, every day, the numbers seem to increase quite a bit. I do think until lockdown uh, kind of came about, there were a lot of people still going back and forth. Uh, so I do think a, a lot of it has kind of been brought into the area here.
0: Yeah. And, and you uh, work for a university. What's the? Can you just tell us a little bit about your university that you work for? And, uh, you know, the job that you have pretty important job, uh, just pointed out, um, does some admissions, also interim uh, director of enrollment of operations.
1: Tell us a little bit about that in the university that you work for. Absolutely. I work at Cedar Crest College right here in Allentown. So Cedar Crest has a kind of a, a two-factor uh, education cycle there. So I work for the traditional undergraduate school, which is a historic women's college. And then we do also have a school for adult and graduate education, which is a co-ed school that's been around for about 50 years now. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a great place. Uh, it's, it's a really wonderful place to work. And again, I work in the admissions department there, as you mentioned, as the uh, interim director of enrollment operations. We're actually in the process right now of hiring a vice president for enrollment operations, which will be great to be able to get that person in place. And I've been here uh, for about nine years now in that role.
0: Diversity, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the work that you have to do at home and, and, and how that is really tough to do from home, I, I imagine.
1: Yeah, it's definitely challenging. It's uh, an experience that Certainly none of us had any kind of preparation for going into this. Uh, normally at this time of the year, we're still out visiting schools, talking with students at their high schools, um, parents at college fairs, things like that. So obviously that's all been shut down and we've been having to try to, like, like most everyone else really, we're getting accustomed to uh, online systems like Zoom, GoToMeeting, things like that, trying to run as many meetings with students and families as we still can. We actually just this past weekend, ran our first virtual accepted students day uh, that we've ever done. So uh, our other interim director did a a wonderful job uh, of getting that all set up. And that went pretty smoothly, but you know, we're trying to send a lot of emails, texting students, uh, trying to call as much as we can. And then there are still every once in a while, things where we do have to, to try to still send information out to students. We had about a 700 piece mailer that needed to go out to students that we had ordered stuff that was supposed to be in right before everything kind of happened here. And once the lockdown came, everything got put on hold for that. So it's been about a month uh, that we've been waiting for this stuff. And it finally came in to campus yesterday. So yesterday I had to, you know, run into campus there, uh, pick up the the mailing from the the mail room and kind of put together the the 700 piece mailer myself was kind of my day yesterday to get everything right back out for the students.
0: I couldn't imagine that. And, you know, uh, you have a family at home. You have three children. What are their ages?
1: Yeah, my oldest son, Tyler, is going to be 13 in June. My middle son, Logan, just turned 10 in March. And my youngest son, Adam, just turned eight two weeks ago.
0: Oh, my. And, and you have a wife that uh, works for
1: a school system. She's a guidance counselor. Yes. Um, Don and I have been married for almost 15 years now. Uh, Don is uh, a guidance counselor at William Allen High School, which is one of the local high schools here. Actually, it's located only about a mile or so from from the college I work at, which is nice.
0: So it must be a busy household. You know, you
1: all doing online type stuff? We are. They actually just announced uh, today that the governor of Pennsylvania just announced today that our schools, the elementary and high schools are going to be closed down now for the rest of the uh, rest of the academic year. So that's some you know news today that we were wondering if it would happen at some point we weren't sure but they made the official announcement today so thankfully at our school they had the teachers had been doing a really good job since we'd been shut down already trying to do online learning with the the students you know trying to do uh, zoom classes uh, you know providing different different coursework through google and things like that so the boys have been pretty active on that and they're going to continue to do that uh, with the closures but it's it's definitely challenging you see a lot of those videos and memes online of, of parents talking about homeschooling their children, and, and it's difficult. You know, you're, you're trying to work full-time from home, your wife's still trying to work full-time from home, and you're trying to help us assist with the kids, and it's definitely challenging uh, for for sure, but I also think, you know, anybody, if they ever uh, give teachers a hard time, I think once they get a chance to do it themselves right now, they're, they're definitely going to be singing a different tune when it comes time for the kids to go back. I'm sure they're going to be really happy for everything that the, that the teachers do for their kids when they can get them back to school. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, the, some of the kids that I've interviewed, um, you know, boy, they really miss school and they, and one particular girls, uh, Emma Lefaver, she was telling us a, a little bit about, you know, if you ever really didn't like school before you really like it now, you know, you'd really like to be back, you know? So your kids feel the same way.
1: Yeah. Especially my, my oldest son. Um, I think he, you know, they all miss miss their classmates, but I think he especially uh, really misses, misses his friends and stuff from school. And it's nice to still be able to do some of the online coursework where they have the Zoom meetings and things like that so they can still try to see some of their other friends and talk with them, which is great. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, they're a little sad, but at the same time, I think especially the two younger ones they don't seem to be quite as impacted by it. I think they're, they're looking forward to being away from the in-room classwork <laughs> a little bit more here. But again, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts once they've been having to do schoolwork with mom and dad for a while, they might change their tune. I just wanna hear a little bit more about
0: um, the recruitment process you went through at high school and you know attending JMU and, and playing for a big university like that for D1. How, can you just
1: take us back a little bit of what that was like and that experience? Sure. So it was definitely something that was, was different. Um, I, I really didn't know what to expect with the whole process. I knew one of the biggest things early on was going to be to try to get some exposure uh, as, as you all you know, know, uh, oftentimes up in the North country, athletes are overlooked quite a bit. Uh, people don't come up to watch us play things like that very often. So you, you have to kind of get yourself out there and make yourself known to, to college coaches, um, in order to be recruited. So, one thing that was certainly, I, I think, helpful was when uh, the Ogden, Ogdensburg Maples were started uh, by, you know, Jay Cole and Steve LaRose uh, back, you know, when they originally started. That, that gave me an opportunity to continue playing baseball throughout the year instead of, you know, just playing for that month or so that we got the games in in the spring to extend, continue to play against increased competition and get a chance to play in different areas uh, where coaches co- could come and potentially see me play more. And then what we did in in addition to try to get some more exposure was to try to continue to go to camps if possible. Uh, You know, back then we didn't have, you know, like really AAU and stuff like that. So we, we tried to find some other opportunities. So I I would go to a baseball camp at Lemoyne. And then the one that really got me the most exposure and got me introduced uh, to the coaches at James Madison was I went to a baseball camp at the university of Virginia for two years. So that was really, I think, what got me the the most exposure because they did have basically what they called like an exposure day where they uh, coaches could come around and they could watch us take batting practice. They could watch pitchers throw and watch us play games all day long.
0: Mm -hmm. It it must have been pretty exciting to be playing for that university. It's a pretty big university. You know, you come out of Hubelton, small school, and here you are in
1: a big university and get to play some big-time ball it's been pretty exciting. It was, it it was definitely an adjustment period. You know, certainly, uh, you know, you go from seeing, you know, competition where, you know, Hey, maybe you're throwing 80, 85 miles an hour. And and that that's really good speed. And now suddenly you're, you're facing guys that are consistently throwing 90, 92, 95 miles an hour guys, throwing all sorts of sliders, change ups, fork balls, you know, it was stuff that I had never seen before. And it was definitely for me, an adjustment period uh, going through, you know, seeing all that kind of for, for the first time and, and on a consistent basis like that. But it was really great. You know, you get a chance to, to meet people uh, from all over the country. We got a chance to travel for games all over the country, which was wonderful. So it was a really good experience.
0: Yeah. And then you then you later transferred to the University of Vermont, which, you know, took you from the south, which was great conditions to play in. And then now you're back in the northeast. What, what was the experience like with that?
1: Yeah, weather-wise weather was, was definitely a change. You know, we didn't, we didn't play any games at home in Vermont for a good you know, month or so after the season started. So we, we did a lot of traveling with regards to that. And then even when we were back, uh, supposed to be playing home games, lots of times we couldn't play at home. And we were finding, uh, I, I remember we were playing uh, a conference doubleheader that was supposed to be at home uh, against uh, Towson uh, University from, from the, the Baltimore area. And our field wasn't ready. They had come up, and we had nowhere to, to play. And they were already up there. And Dartmouth, um, over you know, in, in New Hampshire, was like four four hours away from us. Their field was playable, so we all drove all the way over there the night before and ended up playing our doubleheader um, there in order to get it in. So there was a lot of things like that uh, oh, that man. that happened. Um, but it was it was a really good experience. You know, I I, I certainly had a chance to kind of fulfill my my college dream of playing baseball when I was at Vermont. Um, the coaching staff there wa- was amazing. They were really great when they were talking with me during the transfer process. Um, you know, I kind of fell into a nice situation where the the positions that I played, um, they had openings for, you know, they I didn't have upperclassmen ahead of me at those point in times that I, I was going to have to potentially, you know, sit and wait behind uh, like I had to at, at James Madison a bit And so I I did get the chance to to jump in and play right off the bat, which was great. And then they also gave me the opportunity to get back into pitching. Uh, Obviously, I pitched some in high school and didn't do that at all at James Madison, just just focused on hitting and playing the field. When I went to Vermont, they had a little bit of a need for pitching. And I had mentioned to the coach that I had done that in high school. I said, it's been a while. It's been about three years now. But, you know, I said, I I can certainly try to to pitch. So they worked me back into it and, um, you know, was able to pitch there as well, which was nice.
0: Oh, so you, okay. So what were the other positions that you played while you were at university of Vermont?
1: Yeah, I played um, first base and I did play some third base as well. When I started out at James Madison, their initial plan was to have me play third base. So even though I had never played third base before there, there are some similarities to first base. So uh, I, you know, I did that quite a bit at at third base. That was going to be where we thought would be the, the best potential for me to jump in right away. The first baseman that we had at a time, um, was an outstanding ball player. He was, you know, first team all conference uh, all the time. He was first, pl- uh, first team all region. He'd gotten drafted, you know, a- after my sophomore year. So, you know, it was somebody that was going to be really, really hard to knock out of that position there. So uh, third base was going to be the, the spot that I had the most potential to play. So i had started doing that um, at, at James Madison. So I kind of bounced between those two positions a little bit when I, I had the opportunity to play. And then when I was up at Vermont, I, I played a little bit of third base, but I predominantly played first base and, and pitched while I was up there.
0: So, you know, you, you talked about time commitment. You know, you spent a lot of time in the summer um, prior to uh, graduating high school, but, uh, but you also spent a lot of time in the summer, um, at you know, in between, um, you know, from the spring season to the fall season. Were you on some
1: travel teams as well? In the summer? Uh, yes, correct. So when I was uh, in college, so my my, after my, my uh, freshman year, I, I did come back home and I was playing in uh, uh, for a team in Watertown in, in their rec league for that first summer there. But for the remainder of my time, I played in the New England Collegiate Baseball League, uh, which was an NCAA sanctioned wooden bat league. And I, I had a really, really wonderful time doing that. Uh, the first year, I got a chance to play for a team in Connecticut called the Eastern Tides, and then my last two years, I played for a team in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, the Keene Swamp Bats. And playing in in Keene was uh, amazing. the uh, The talent in that league was was quite good uh, at that time. You know, it was really kind of looked upon as the, the the second best you know league behind the the Cape Cod League, and we had some outstanding players. You know, there were numerous guys in that league that got drafted. And what was good to see too, it was also players from all levels. You know, you, you, they always focus on the, the the players from your Miamis and your LSUs and things like that. But we had players from all sorts of D1, D2, and D3 schools that were just outstanding talent in that league. So it was really good to, to be able to do that. And then again, the, the fans at Keen, Keen is a huge baseball town. So depending, you know, uh, where you would travel in that league, some some places would have two, three hundred fans. Um, some places would get up to five, six, seven hundred fans. And those were those were good crowds. But every home game that we had at Keene was between two and three thousand people. So we always had amazing crowds to, to play for. The the crowd was always excited. They did a lot for us in the community. So it was a really great time and, and uh, uh, awesome experience for me to have.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, some really fun memories and some great experience in your collegiate career. It's just amazing and i'm i'm hoping that uh our listeners out there that you know especially our young kids who are aspiring to go on to a to a collegiate whether it's d3 d2 d1 just to, just to play or even at the juco level that they have that opportunity because as you said it opens the doors up to so many different experiences and connections with other people absolutely and so i want you to take us back a little bit um you know, back in 1995, uh, the boys' baseball team, and I believe the girls' softball team at the same time, uh, went on to the Final Four. Had an opportunity to play for a state championship. Can you tell us a little bit about that particular game? I'm sure you think about it a lot on occasion.
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely an exciting time, like you said, to have two teams, you know, be able to be in the Final Four was really exciting. There was a lot of buzz in the community, the, the support we had from everybody. And not only our town, but, but the surrounding, you know, towns w- was great. And, um, you know, I remember just e- even before we got to the championship game, one, one of the things that I remember the most about is, is just hearing the stories of, uh, I believe that day there was a big community wide yard sale that was happening in Hubleton. And so when we played our, our semifinal game earlier that day, people had said that they were going from yard sale to yard sale and everybody had the game on. So anytime, people were stopping by they were checking for the scores of our game of the softball game they wanted to see how everybody was doing so the community was still involved and then a lot of them once they had heard that we won the the semifinal game game we were going on to the championship game a lot of them kind of closed up shop shut down their yard sale and, and jumped in cars and came down to mm-hmm. support us so that was really one of the, the coolest things that, that I can remember from that game um, from that whole mm-hmm. weekend in general but um, you know yeah as, as far as the game itself you know the result wasn't what we what we were hoping for. You know, we weren't able to to win that game, but to be able to get there was pretty amazing. It was like I said at the at that point in time, uh, the two teams, us, our team and the softball team, were the first two teams from Hewelton to to make it to a final four, uh, which was great. And then you know we were able to make it to the championship game for the first time, and it was just a wonderful experience to to be able to do that. You know, not only with my my dad as, as the coach, in you know everything that we had gone through together. But all my teammates as well that we had really throughout the years had, had done so many things together, not just through to baseball, but baseball, basketball, athletics in general school, kind of the bond that we all had. And then to be able to have that experience together and be able to kind of close, especially for us seniors, to close our careers on that note was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, would, I, I you know, I really appreciate you thinking, you know, and I would like to thank you for sharing those moments back in 1995, because it really brings back some really good memories, uh, especially for myself and other people that are listening in the community, because I think we forget a little bit about that. We do have a really good history at Hubleton of teams going to the Final Four. Uh, we've had now two baseball teams make it to a state championship, and not too many people remember remember that, and we also had a softball team uh, make it to a state championship and then obviously the girls basketball team winning three state championships. So for a small little school, we have some really good history and we should be proud of that. And, you know, Josh, you know, you're, you're in my book are a hall of famer at Huvilton, Um Because I know just all that you've endured as far as um, not only playing D1, uh, baseball, but, um, but also just the time commitment that you put into things every summer
1: and you had to give up on a lot of, a lot of things too. Yeah, it was, you know, like I said, it was a lot of work to, to certainly try to, to get to the level to where you want to get to, but it was a really, you know, good, good experience to be able to go through and do everything. And, and it's nice to see how everything is kind of continued on. And, and like you said, it's nice to see that. Yep. We were, both teams were there that year. And then you know the baseball team made this the final four again the following year, and then like you said, now now two baseball teams have made it to the state championship game. Softball teams made it to the state championship. basket, you know, girls basketball winning three state championships to be able to see how you know the the school has continued that, and the teams have continued to not only do that, but even do it at a greater level, has been awesome to see. And you really kind of hope that you know in, in some way you're you're kind of planting the seed for the next generation. Uh, I, I hope. Myself and my teammates were able to do that for, for some of the people that came through now, because I know for me, that was one of the biggest things that got that got me started. I can remember what one of my earliest memories. Um, I couldn't have been any more than four or five years old, I guess, or whenever I could start reading or at least looking at pictures, uh, I would go down in, into our basement and uh, dad used to keep scrapbooks from all of his teams. And so I would you know pull them out and I, I would look at stuff and I would start asking him questions and he would just go. You know, through story after story of, of the guys that had played for him and in the games and the championships and, you know, the, the matchups against, you know, the, the rivals and everything. And I was, I was enthralled. So, you know, everybody's everybody's got their, their, their pro sport idols growing up, you know, and, and I was no different. But my, my biggest idols, my biggest heroes growing up were, were all the, you know, the, the high school, um, the Hubleton players that had come before me you know, these are the guys that I had grew, grew up hearing stories about. And, you know, when I would hear my dad tell these stories, the, the pride in his voice, as he talked about these teams, as he talked about these guys, I can remember being like, wow, that's awesome. I, I hope that someday I can be able to do what these guys are doing.
0: Yeah. And I, I have great respect for your father. And just to, for our listeners to understand that, you know, John DeHanucca, Josh's father, Josh's dad, was a long time PE teacher at, at Hubelton. He was coach. Uh, he coached uh, football when we had football. He coached soccer. Uh, he coached basketball. Uh, he coached baseball. He coached pretty much anything that we had at, at Hubelton Central. Uh, he was also a long, long time athletic director at, at Hubelton. Um, so, you know, he he's got a lot of history at the school, and it's great that you were able to to grow up being part of that history as well. Can you just tell us a little bit about some of the things that you miss most from your school days at Hubleton?
1: Yeah. And, and again, a lot of it was, and I'll be very honest, a lot of it is uh, the sports memories just because I was involved at such a young age. I mean, as soon as I could tag along with that, the games and practices, I, I was going to them. Um, so, you know, I, I was, I was the annoying little kid shooting around hoops, dribbling balls, bouncing stuff in the way of their practices during, you know, basketball practices and games and things like that. Um, but for me, it was a blast to, to be, you know, be able to be, you know, with my dad on an extended basis, to be able to to be around all the players, watching what they do um, was, was great and getting a chance to know them. And then certainly as I got older, uh, you know, what was just even more exciting. And once my brothers got a chance, you know, to start playing, being able to watch and support them was great. You know, being, being able to grow up and have these experiences, Uh, with all the guys like that was was great and watching them and then certainly like I said uh, earlier getting a chance to then go through uh, everything in in my athletic career with with my friends with with my buddies that I'd grown up with uh, messed around with you know played around with my whole life and to be able to go through those experiences with them was pretty great Josh you know I I just
0: wanted to thank you for taking the time out today Um, you know especially in this uh, weird time that we're involved in in regards to the, the virus and how it's impacted our lives and you really bring back jog back some some memories that we all have and, and I appreciate you doing that and uh we just want to send out best wishes wishes to you you and your family and and uh staying safe and especially your uh your wife and your and your and your three children um can you just uh give us some type of final message that for our listeners and that you've are
1: able to share with us. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to certainly thank everyone in in Houston over the years, all the support that you not only showed myself, um, but also my, my family members. And, and again, all the support that you've shown for, for the school, the students there and, and the athletes. That's something that I've always been really appreciative of and absolutely hope everyone is staying safe up there doing well and, you know, we'll, we'll get through, through this craziness here at some point, get into whatever the new normal is going to be. And, you know, I'm sure Hewleton will continue to hit the ground running and, and do amazing things.
0: Josh, I'd just like to point out that um, one of the things that I remember during the, um, I, I believe it was the first um, state girls, state basketball championship. And you sent in a box uh and little bulldogs they were stuffed animal little bulldogs but you I think you tied little strings or something little ribbons on them you took each one individually so that it was handed out to each girl on the team and they really appreciated uh you doing that you know and and I had to explain obviously you know it's been a few years since you went to school <laughs> there but I had to explain, you know you know, who it was and where it was coming from. But you taking the time out to do that was outstanding. So I appreciate
1: and thank you for that. Oh No, no problem. Like I said, it, it was my pleasure. It was certainly a great experience to, to get to follow um, them throughout not only that that championship, but the but the following ones as well. And, uh, you know, to like you said, teams have been working on that goal for for quite a while and, and to see a team be able to, to finally get over that threshold and get that championship for Hewelton. Uh, was an, an amazing accomplishment. So it was, it was something that brought a lot of joy to a lot of people, and I was just happy to, to be able to, to give something to them back in return.
0: It was great to reminisce with Josh Hanukkah of the year in 1995 and when the Heuvelton baseball team, along with the Heuvelton softball team, went on to the Final Four. They definitely planted the seed for what was to come for a state championship of our future teams of the Huvalton girls basketball team. We thank Josh, we thank his teams, we thank the girls softball teams and all those athletes during that time who have inspired to not only do great things athletically, but also academically and went on with their lives to prove that coming out of Heuvelton, you can do great things. Thank you again, Josh, for spending the time Purple Pride.